1: Big bank, small bank, I like
0: to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? And we are underway.
1: And welcome to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Super Bowl betting preview. joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation. Stucky Stuck, what's going on?
0: Excited that it's the last one of the season. I can honestly say for the first time in my life... People are not going to like to hear this, but I I think I only have energy for like one more football game. (laughs) Um, Between college football and NFL this year, and look, I love football. I love the grind. I'm so happy we had full seasons. But like just tracking the COVID news, it's been such a grind. And then throwing college basketball too. So it feels like it's been the perfect length because I have enthusiasm for like one more week. And then it'll be nice to get a break, move on to college basketball, and then be nice and refreshed for next year. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. But, yeah, I'm excited for Sunday. Looking back at the AFC United States Championship event, it was two weeks ago. I know you had big days. I feel like my four props that I had, I went one and three, but I feel like I had them handicapped, right? But who cares it's if you get to win or not? Uh, I had Godwin over catches and over rece- reception yards. He came up a half yard, a half catch sure. And then he has a run to seal the game, but a drop or a couple drops. That was frustrating at five and a half. And then I had Singletary and uh TJ Yeldon vulture me because Singletary dropped one early. And the angle was right. A tattoo attack the Chiefs, but Singletary dropped one and he got abandoned he got dropped. So but I'm ex- really excited to talk props today and uh, dive into this game and try to close the season with a
1: on the high note. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a grind, and it kind of, the one thing about this game is, you know, for some of the props, I've had a hold off on, on some of them, because I'm usually betting all types of, you know, w- receiver props, but, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on with A.B. and Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, so it's been a little bit weird, but uh, yeah, excited to get into it uh, this week. Uh, before we kick things off, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet on any sport ever and still haven't downloaded the free award-winning action network app what are you doing it's got betting tools analysis for me stucky and the whole action network crew and it lets you track every bet that you make Uh, and number two even though the football season is almost over the action network podcast will still have lots of great episodes every single week nba pga tour college basketball mlb previews there's lots of great stuff coming in the weeks ahead so don't go anywhere all right let's get into it stuck We'll talk some live strategy. Let's first start talking about the spread in
0: total and live approach. So, yep. like, what do you have it at? Um, and then we'll get into maybe first touchdown Super Bowl MVP, and then we'll, we'll finish off with our props.
1: And for Super Bowl 55, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorites at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. The total, 56-and-a-half. So... What would you little maniacs like to do first? Well, we'll keep the six pack on hold. Cause yeah, I know everyone wants to hear about the spread total and uh, um, you know, how we're kind of projecting it. So, I mean, I'll just, I'll start off by saying the way I think this game uh, is going to go just from a kind of big picture perspective is I think Kansas city is going to come out pass heavy. Uh, I think that you know, that's what they uh, have been wont to do over the second half of the season, at least early in games. And I think that continues uh, in, in Mahomes threw 49 times against the Bucks in the first match and completed 37 for 462 yards. Uh, and on the other side, I think the Bucs, uh, they, they, they have more, I think for the Bucs kind of the decisions they make uh, in terms of how they play, this is going to affect the outcome a little bit more because I think they're, they're a team that kind of goes predictably run heavy on first down and then they get themselves into these, you know, third and medium, third and long situations. Uh, the Chiefs have been pretty good on third down, but, um, you know their run defense has been shaky kind of throughout, so it, it's kind of you know what what's the Bucks' poison here? But uh, I think that the Chiefs, if they if they come out and play pass heavy, I think um, you know they're the better team in this game. I don't. I, I think the number on the market is pretty much in line with what it should be. I have it at two and a half. You know the market usually um, is going to have a tiny bit inflated to the favorite, so they have it at three. But I, so I can't complain there. I take I took the Bucks at three and a half. Um, I, I don't really see much value at, at three here. But uh, which, what are your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, I I make it, like, right around three. I gave um, Tampa, a, like, a a very small home field boost. Yeah, I mean, just, there's there's going to be a crowd, but it's not going to be, like, a pro-bucks crowd, so you don't worry about official bias. There's two weeks in between here. The Chiefs already played here, played in Tampa earlier this year. But, I mean, they, they do have to travel, um, and they're traveling, like, later than usual, so that's worth – something and then the bucks still are more familiar with their environment so i gave it like a quarter of a of point you could argue it's zero you could argue it's a half point i don't know that's what i gave it but i make this line three i make the total originally made a 57 and a half went back looked at some things i'm at like 57 i was at 55 and a half so i see some a tad bit of value on the over but i'd rather wait to see if i can get a live over talked about this last week slow starts in conference championships and Super Bowls over the past 15, 20 years. And what is the reasoning there? Well, sometimes teams come out, you know, quarterbacks can be a little nervous early. You don't want to make a mistake. We might not see that with Brady and Mahomes who have been here before, but also some offenses come out a little conservative. They want to get a feel for what defenses are doing. This is the Super Bowl, right? Like you draw up your plays. You have just, everything's open in the playbook. You probably have a number of different approaches based on what the other team's going to do. But this is when teams may drastically change what they do defensively, right? Like they can come out with a completely different scheme for the Super Bowl. So offenses a lot of times are trying to get a feel for what the defenses are doing. And then the game's kind of slow early and then it opens up. If you go back since 1999, 6.41 average points per first quarter in the Super Bowl. 6.41 over that same span all first quarters average of about 8.89 so it's over two points fewer all the other quarters in the super bowl by the way average more points than the their respective averages over that span so like super bowl's over that time span since like 99 average about 13.5 points in the second quarter that's higher than their normal average you know close to 11 in the third quarter that's almost two points higher than the normal average Fourth quarter, it's close to seventeen points per game on average. That's you know like four points higher than the average. So I'm gonna try and see if I can you know if we get a slow start and I can come in on a live over, especially if have I mean the dream live overs when the when the Chiefs are behind. You know, over those twenty-two Super Bowls, only three had more than ten points over the in the first quarter, which is crazy. Brady's nine Super Bowls. This could be random. And look, he didn't have he. Didn't, He's never had these weapons, and he's not normally playing against Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense. And and the Chiefs' defense is usually it's probably worse than the average Super Bowl defense, I would assume. So and look, it's only a sample size of nine, but Brady's nine Super Bowl appearances, three points in the first quarter total or fewer, seven of the nine times. Um, average over those nine first quarters, three points. That's a so only one had more than ten. So I'm going to try and see if I can get a slow start. Look, and it's a no risk strategy if it blows up early, whatever. I didn't see a ton of value on the over and it's a high total. A lot a lot can go wrong here. So I'll try and see if I can get a live or the dream would be to try to get like a live over 50 and a half. If I can get this under 51 after a really slow start. That would be great. Follow the action app to see what I play there from a spread perspective. Yeah, I make it three. Would get the Chiefs live if they go down double digits, might Probably take the Bucs live, but definitely the Chiefs if they go down big early. We've seen that script play out a million times. The other good thing about the live over is the, the Bucks run defense is elite. I don't know how much the Chiefs are going to be able to run if they have a big lead or how much they actually will try to run. You know, it, It's hard to envision like this game ever getting into a state where someone is just running it up the middle and running the clock out, um, which could kill a higher total late. It'll be interesting to see if uh, the Bucks. by the way, what does the Bucks defensive coordinator do in his free time for fun? Todd Bowles? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What does he do? He bowls. Todd Bowles. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to get a dad joke out there. Um, I think we're getting into a weird area here. So it'll be interesting to see how aggressive <laughs> Bowles is. This is a normal, normally an aggressive defense that likes the Blitz. You know, they got crushed in the first quarter in the last game. And they just went down big early. They were missing some pieces. They were missing Dean. They were missing their left tackle. Um, and Hill just killed him. He had over 200 yards in the first quarter. The Bucks didn't blitz that much that game. It'll be interesting to see how they approach this. Are they, are they just playing way off, trying to prevent the big play? Are they doubling Hill? Are they doubling Kelsey? Both. And then on the other side, the, I think what this comes down to is you have Mahomes in his turf toe. Could always flare up. How mobile is he? with a banged-up offensive line. You're missing almost like the entire starting offensive line for the beginning of the year. Eric Fisher is now out against a really good defensive line that presumably has a much healthier and ready-to-roll Vita Vea now back. How much pressure can the Bucks get and how effective can they be? On the flip side, you know, their defensive line against the Chiefs off the line, big advantage Bucks, especially if Mahomes is not 100% mobile. But I'm sure they're going to shoot him up, but it's, it's a question worth asking. But on the flip side, the, the Chiefs know this. So, how are they going to scheme to maybe compensate for that weakness? Are they going to, and especially that they're not going to be able to run the ball, are they going to use more you know, trick plays? Are they going to run with the receivers, wide receiver screens? I'll get into some of that. But the, the, I think the chess match between Reed and that offense with two weeks prepare, we all know Reed is great off of bye against Bulls and how he plays that defensively, and then just up front the Bucks' defensive line against the Chiefs offensive line, how much pressure can they get and how much can they impact Mahomes? Because generally if you blitz Mahomes, it's a death wish. But maybe with this defensive line and Mahomes not 100% mobile, you can have some success there. It's risky. So, um, yeah, and, and on the other side, it's the Chiefs are, you know, their defense, they stink against the run. They stink in the red zone. They stink covering running backs but they just find ways. And Spagnola's had two weeks to prepare. He usually comes up with a great plan. He's been great against Brady in the past. They're gonna try and take away the receivers. They're gonna play a lot of cover two looks. Um, So, I I don't have a huge feel for, oh, I think this team, you know, some games I do have this feel. Like this team's gonna do this and it's gonna work to perfection. I just think it's a great chess match. The line is about right. The total's about right. I'll look for a live over. I'll look for live's chief position.
1: Tom is old now, older than the
0: trees, bigger than the mountains, taller than debris at my home.
1: I think the Mahomes question is really interesting because he, he wasn't even on the injury report. I think they took him off weeding or he practiced in full weeding up to even the championship game. So I wonder if it's not really affecting him as much as we think, because he wasn't scrambling much over the, like from, I think it was the Buffalo game in the Buffalo game. He scrambled seven times uh, in the Raiders game. The week before that, he scrambled five times and, and same thing in the Patriots game uh, since week. Number seven, Patrick Mahomes, uh, after averaging four and a half scrambles per game uh, over the first six weeks, he's averaged just one and a half over the remaining games. And he had no, no scrambles against the Bills, two against the, the Browns. Hasn't had more than three at a game. So he is staying in the pocket more. The Bucs played 80% zone against him in that, in that first matchup. Um, that was, I believe, one of, I think that was their highest of the year overall. That's a lot of zone. Uh, but it's like, what, what do you do? You know, because Patrick Mahomes has been better against man coverage this year. So, you know, playing zone probably the right move, but they still ripped it up. I I think that it's going to be interesting to see whether they play – you know, kind of, you know, the buck can, can play quarters coverage. I think that might be an option for them, you know, just playing quarters coverage uh, even more, letting them get, you know, the over the short and intermediate area and just trying not to, to, to let them, you know, Tyreek Hill kill him beat. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact answer for Todd Bowles, whereas, yeah, Steve Spagnuolo, I mean, we say, you know, they stink against running backs, uh, you know, they've had problems here and there, but really, it's kind of schemed. Like, they schemed. Yeah, they, they invite it. They invite yeah. it. Right. And, and that's a big difference because that does kind of, I guess, skew some of the chiefs numbers and make them look more extreme than they are in certain instances where it's like, ah, oh, you look up and they're like, you know, bad against, you know, one of the worst in DVOA against running backs and tight ends. But it's generally because the average team, if you're, they're running, you know, the average running back catch is going for about seven, eight yards. The average, you know, tight end catch is going for about 10. So most teams don't have the type of weapons to, if you take away their wide receivers and make them drive the length of the field, and, and they have to only throw to their running backs and tight ends, uh, You're, you're not get, they're not going to have much success. And the Chiefs have been top two in yard, fewest yards allowed to wide receivers in uh, each of the two years now under Steve Spagnola. So uh, they, I think that their, their numbers are kind of a little bit deceiving. I, I just think that uh, the Bucks. It's like, it's will they be willing to kind of go short with a shorter passing game? Because I think the deep drops uh, and, the, and the deep routes and the long developing routes get them in trouble. I mean, we saw – you know, Brady going downfield, you know, bad things happen, guys tip passes, guys drop passes, uh, he just throws bad passes, they get picked off, and then, you know, you can also get into those situations where he has to uh, ground a ball, he has to take a sack, like, I think the Bucks need to go to, like, a quicker drop passing game, because uh, the Chiefs are great at getting pressure across the, across downs too, um, that's another thing they do decently well, so, uh, it, for me, it's like, how do the Bucs – I think the Bucks, like the Chiefs, they are they are known to kind of adjust. I don't think they're gonna come out and like try to run it. Uh, I think that they'll, you know, they they'll have a game plan depending on how much Mahomes can run either way. I don't think that will affect them as much, but I do think that if the Bucs like do what they always do, that could be dangerous because if they get down, they're gonna they're gonna find themselves in trouble. Yeah, I mean the only thing with that – like I'm sure he'll get
0: shot up, and I mean because th- his running ability and his mobi- his mobility is why he's so great against the blitz. It's one of the reasons why he could just run backwards forever, and, and he could just he just buys time. But he also his running ability would be very beneficial in this game in particular, especially the Bucks are bringing pressure. And he does like last year in that Super Bowl run, he ran a bunch, and he was yep. running for 40, 50 yards a game. The, the, the only the only worry for me would be with a turf with turf toe. Is it's one of those things where you you just need time and, and maybe two weeks helps, but usually it's like it's longer than that and it's something that lingers and it's something that just you'll see it with like cornerbacks and wide receivers that just suddenly they on a on a cut it'll flare up on them and then they're just kind of hobbled for the rest of the game and then they come out. Now Mahomes wouldn't have to come out, but like a receiver does because they just they can't plant and it just hurts too much. Now that just mean would mean Mahomes has to sit in the pocket more and and be less mobile that's the only concern there but yeah it's a it's a fascinating chess match um yeah i mean who ultimately who are you rooting for
1: it's tough because i mean i took the bucks early but i think i'm gonna try to get in on some chiefs live because ultimately i do i still i do still think they win the game i just didn't think the spread should be more than uh three either way as it was when it opened so i want to see brady kind of remind everybody why he still got it you know first year on the Bucks, but I also love Patrick Mahomes, and you know, for him to win a second Super Bowl in three years, and you know, really should have may have, may have had three if D four doesn't jump off sides. Uh, you know, it's, it's I don't I don't know. Like it's tough. Like it's I don't think I'm rooting for anybody as much as I'm just going to be rooting for all the different bets I'm making because I this is kind of one like this is kind of a truck Super Bowl in a way. Um, It's one that I think a lot of people were excited to see. So that's yeah, I'm and I'll be rooting for my bets, and then if I if I have one <laughs> them
0: live, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, but if I have to pick, I'll go I'm Team AFC, so I'll go Chiefs. Let's get into first touchdown.
1: What are your thoughts there? So the way I look at this, and we have a piece up at ActionNetwork.com. We, all had, we had a little value draft. And so the way I look at first touchdown is it's kind of like a future in, in terms of the pricing, right? You have like the, you know the, the lowest – Odds are still, like, plus, you know, plus 600. So I think a lot of people feel like, okay, I got to take this. I got to take a long shot. This is a great opportunity. But the way I look at it is if the if the odds are pretty much in line with what I think the true touchdown odds should be for the players, then I'm just going to skew toward, okay, who's the most likely to score a touchdown? Because it's still a bet over a shorter horizon time where you kind of know, like, these odds aren't going to change much, unlike if you were betting, like, a future, and you got a team at, like, you know, plus – plus 3000 they would have now you know four or five months to improve their team and that that ticket might the value of that ticket might improve or his first touchdowns first touchdowns so um i i still think that the 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 best guys to go with in this game are tyreek hill uh, and travis kelsey uh, i think mike evans there's some value there as well but i like tyreek in particular he was actually the guy i took in the draft i like him at uh, six to one or anything above uh you look at him since 2018 He has, he's tied for the most first quarter touchdowns uh, in the week. This year, he was second in in first quarter targets and, uh, and touchdowns during the regular season. And uh, you know, we saw what he did to the bucks in that first matchup. He scored two touchdowns before anyone else did uh, in that game. So I think, I do think there's some value still on Tyreek Hill. If I had to go to long shot and and I know we're going to talk about him more in our six pack uh, or eight pack, but, I think if I had to go to a long shot, I would go Ronald Jones because he's been getting double digit carries. He's a guy that I think skew his usage skews toward earlier in the game. Um, he's been the running back without without the rushing back, I should say, without much um, pass game involvement lately. And so I think um, you know against this Chiefs defense, if the Bucks may want to get both backs involved early. Uh, and uh, you know Jones has the ability to make some big plays and. Uh, I do think that it's, it wouldn't be inconceivable to see, like, the Bucks start off an opening drive for net, you know, maybe starts the game, but Jones comes in near the end of the drive and ends up banging one in. So, um, like Tyreek is the chalk, uh, Ronald Jones is the long shot.
0: Yeah, I went, and I'm going to talk about him more. My long shot is Sammy Watkins. So, I'm cu- I'm curious to get your opinion on him. I've I found some 20-to-1. See if you can find uh, 25, 30-to-1. And remember, props, it's a decentralized market. Inefficient. It's, and we have tools for this on Action Network, actionnetwork.com. We have great tools where you can prop line shop and you can see some drastically different props. Uh, it's not like a line or a total where it could be just a little off, but you could see from MVP, odds, even yardage in the props that we're going to get to. You can see drastically different. So, you know, between FanDuel and DraftKings or points, bet, wherever. So I took a shot at Watkins. I think he's going to be healthy from everything that I've seen. He took he hasn't played in the last past two playoff games. He took a pay cut to stay with Kansas City. I from a narrative perspective, I could see them drawing up something for him. And then from it would make sense strategically if the Bucks try and take the Patriots approach and they double hill. You know, they have someone try and follow Hill with a safety over top and they bracket. Kelsey I mean that's got to be their focus right Their run defense is already good you got to try and take away Kelsey Earl. I don't know if you can but that's what you have to try to do so if Watkins is healthy and he's when he is he's clearly their best number two he could have a big day not getting a lot of attention whether it's underneath some longer passes and when he's been in the lineup in the playoffs he's been super super productive for the Chiefs five playoff games in Kansas City with Mahomes Watkins has 24 catches on 34 targets for 464 yards. So he's averaging about five catches and 100 yards, um, which was almost his exact stat line in last year's Super Bowl. I had five for 98. So I, I took a long shot on Watkins. And then my, my other one was I went with Mike Evans. There's, I think, a greater than 50% chance the Bucs start with the ball. Now, I'm, I, I think that ultimately both teams would defer. It's the strategically smart thing to do, but, and the, the Chiefs always defer, but the Bucks, I think they've lost every coin toss in the playoffs. The last few weeks of the regular season, they did elect to receive. Um, so I think there's a non-zero chance that the Bucs do elect to receive, and I don't see the Chiefs electing to receive. Yeah, so I think there's a greater than 50% chance that Tampa would start with the ball. Whatever. I have Watkins on the Chiefs. I have Evans. I'm just taking Brady's favorite red zone target. I'm not a huge fan of this market. I really only bet this market in the national championship college football and in the Super Bowl. It's more for fun,
1: entertainment. So those are my two. I like that. I Uh, I like Watkins just real quick. Um, So one thing I think to keep in mind, and this kind of goes throughout props and, and, you know, this obviously has to do with the game too, but uh, if you're betting props and the Chiefs, you know, I I know when you're normally projecting, when you're setting lines, we kind of talked about this on a pod with with Sean and, and Matt, but you're gonna you're gonna apply some regression to the mean, right? Like you're like even if Tyreek Hill averages you know 130 yards per game, you're not necessarily gonna put the prop line there, you know, or project him there. Um, but sure. what we've seen in these playoffs, and it's particularly with the Chiefs, uh, is that you know there you know because it's for all the marbles, because you're not really you're you're not taking out a guy weight if he get if you get a big or anything like that, you know th- that regression is not necessary. Like the regression you use for pretty much any other time in the season doesn't necessarily apply in, in the playoffs, especially in these. In these big games. And so, like, look at the Super Bowl last year. Uh, for example, we saw the Chiefs, uh, first of all, we saw Watkins weed the team in routes, um, run even more than Hill. But you look you look at the how the targets are spread out last Super Bowl. Uh Tyreek Hill, 15, Sammy Watkins six, Travis Kelsey, six, Damian Williams six, Blake Bell, Darwin Thompson, and McCall Harmon have one each, and that's it. So the chiefs will spread the, like, will concentrate the the ball. And like, that's what, that's what you get with their game plans. They'll have a set idea of where they want to go with the ball and their players are so good, whether it's Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, you know, um, and obviously Mahomes that they'll get the ball to those options. So I think that generally speaking, like, if there's a question of like, should I go over or under with a a player prop outside of those four? And that's why I think Watkins is included there. And I think he will be a part of the game plan. So that's why I like the call, but you know, guys like Demarcus Robinson, if he plays, uh, you know, Hardman I think is the wild card like you know he went down to 40% routes run last game and Pringle actually was the guy that ran 80%. So you know if if Watkins is back is it is is Har- are Hardman and uh Robinson just kind of in that same bucket where where they're going to be like minor parts of the game plan I would think probably yes but Hardman because of his speed he's kind of the wild card that could throw it off but generally speaking I would say if if they're not like a like I would still go over got a guy like Hill or Kelsey if forced. And uh, and even though like, you know, maybe the the projections don't line up exactly. So that's why I think like Watkins, he's in that top three. And I think Clyde Edward Talaire is going to be that guy over Darrell Williams, even though last week, you know, we saw Williams near the end of the game kind of run out the clock. So um, that's my thoughts there. And for Super Bowl week, BetMGM has an amazing new sign-up offer. New players can get a risk-free first bet up to $600 and all users will receive $50 of Parlay insurance. Just sign up and make your first bet using a bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to get a risk-free First bet up to $600. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia or 1-800-9-WIZIT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada or Pennsylvania. Uh, as far as MVP, for me, it's if, if it's a Bucks player, I it's easy for me. I'm, I would go Brady because – First of all, at two to one. Uh, I just really—he like, didn't get it last MVP. I, we actually did the draft in 2018, and Edelman was one of my long shot picks. He ended up getting it, so let's see if I can kind of reproduce that luck. My long shot this year is not as uh, good, I don't think. But uh, for, I think Brady's a great pick on on the Bucks. I think I would stay away from defensive players more or less because it's just yeah, Brady versus Mahomes. I, I think that first of all, it's just very unlikely that, like, a defensive player is going to be able to have the kind of game that, like, like, for example, let's say somebody on the Bucs plays really well, like, uh, uh, gets, like, a fumble return or a pick return or whatever. It's like, well, now you're just giving the ball right back to Mahomes with another possession. So it's kind of – I just think it, it it's not, like, one – it doesn't have the potential to be one-sided enough, and it's too – there are too many good offensive players for a defensive player to actually win one. Even Even if maybe they should – I just think that the, the, it's going to kind of skew toward Brady or Mahomes in, in like a close call. So uh, I'm, it's hands off for me. I do like the value on Brady uh, for the for the Bucks, and then I think for the Chiefs, you're just kind of looking. You're, you're kind of looking at okay, well, the Mahomes is the obvious choice, but if he doesn't win, you know, what what do, what do we think would happen? Would it be because a running back's going to win instead? Doubtful, so I would probably I would probably look at um, again just Reek or Kelsey or maybe a long shot with with Watkins, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's how kind of looking at it. I think Brady to me is like the best value.
0: You know, just to kind of recap, uh, we haven't seen a running back win it since 1998 when Terrell Davis won it. Um, since then, it's been dominated by quarterbacks. 14 of the 22 have been won by quarterbacks. Brady won four of those. The other eight have been evenly split between defenders and wide receivers. It's hard to envision this game where a defender wins it with a total of 56 mm-hmm. and quarter, you know, Brady and homes. It's very hard to envision anyone other than Brady and homes winning it with two marquee quarterbacks and what should be a higher scoring game. I just don't see one defense completely dominating this game with a star. That's the clear choice. Like the, the Ravens against the giants, right? Like Ray Lewis won it because their defense dominated. Hey, I that's, just can't see that playing out. Now, defender could win it if it's a little lower scoring and they just happen to get, like, a pick six and two fumble recoveries and ten ta- – like, still be hard. But you're trying to guess, like, where an Oblong ball is going to go. I think overall it's, like, less than a 5% chance a defensive player wins it. And any one share of that, trying to guess, I, like, I, I don't – I'd need, like, 200 to one on – I would need literally, like, 200 to one on maybe Pierre Paul or something, and maybe I would – throw a couple dollars on that, but he's, I think, 150 to one. Like you, In order to get me to do it, I mean, like 500 to one on one of the key defenders. No, thank you. And a lot of the defenders that have won it, they're not like Dexter, like Dexter Jackson, Malcolm Smith. Those, they just randomly, the ball has found them a couple times. So I've crossed out defenders. The only player, I think the Chiefs are ultimately going to win this game. Again, this is just like first touchdown bet. It's just an action, four action, fun bet for me. I did take a long shot on Watkins. It's hard for me to say it, but I found some 80-to-1. I, I threw a couple dollars on it. And uh, the only one that I legitimately – the only player that I can legitimately see winning it on the Chiefs, if the Chiefs win, other than Mahomes, you know, besides if it's a complete fluky game or fluke defensive performance, is Tyree Kill. And so I did play some Tyreek. Kill. And the reason for that is, you know, like say Kelsey has a big day, and this even applies to Watkins. I just played the number. Um, you know, say Kelsey has a big day, a huge day. He's 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. Like, that's also Mahomes. He's probably going to have other numbers to somewhere else. Why I played Tyreek Hill and we had our draft, why I chose him first overall is I think that the the Chiefs are not going to be able to run the ball. I don't even think they're going to try to run the ball. They threw it 43 times over the first three quarters in the first meeting with Tampa. Um and you just really can't run against the Bucs. Maybe Fournette has, like, four touchdowns. He vultures four touchdowns. That's like – and the Bucks win. That's, like, a, a back that could win it. I, I don't see it. But with the Chiefs, the Chiefs win. Hill, he could have a big day through the air. He had, you know, he had over 200 yards in the first quarter. He always can do that. But, again, those are Mahomes' yards. What? But where, the, where Hill comes in is he also could have a big day in a modified running game. So I think that the way that they're going – to try and run the ball, quote-unquote, is through screens, through end-arounds, through, you know, shovel passes, reverses, and a couple trick plays, and, like, just use their receivers. They could use Hardman in this way, too, in the running game, just to get him more touches. They could – you know, he could break a long run. And then on top of that – and this is a really long shot, uh, but, again, it's just a fun, a fun bet, is you never know. Andy Reid could put Tyree Kill back for a big punt return. And if Hill is having a big day offensively and then returns a, a punt for a touchdown that, like, wins the game or, you know, is a key punt return for a touchdown, he would have a really good shot to win it if he adds a special team's touchdown. He hasn't really returned punts this year, but the Chiefs have not been good returning punts. The Bucks are not good at covering punts. So who knows? Maybe he throws him back there. So that's who I rolled with for uh, MVP. Just a couple for fun bets.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Tyreek Hill just stands out is, and I think he also just has more of the wow factor in general. If you're, if you're voting it, like it comes down to a close call, like Tyreek Hill with the backflip in the first game and the, like, you know, the 200 yards quarter, like he just had like, where Kelsey, it's probably going to just be like 12 yard pass, 12 yard pass, 12 yard pass. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of, I agree with that. I like Tyreek. And I do think, Um, And we can kind of get into this along with the the six-pack picks, but I do think that modified run game is going to come into play. We saw Kelsey get a carry last Super Bowl. Um, We saw Hardman with the big run last week. Uh, I do think we see a couple of those. All right, let's get into it, Stuck. Let's crack open the Super Bowl six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. You you have a weed, and I essentially need to run the table with these. We're going to do props for the pa- the six-pack this week since there's only one game, uh, so it should be fun. But uh, if you want to tell the people exactly what, what's going on with the score, uh, I'm not even – Yeah, you're up
0: – I'm up two – I gave you a chance to get back in it, and you did, just like you gave me a chance to, to sweep in the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, we're going to go with four props each. And then we could do kind of a live – we'll put it on our phones or a piece of paper. We'll do a li- – at the end, we'll do a uh, – we'll talk about how we think the game plays out.
1: Yeah.
0: And we'll do a, um, a live reveal. We can each put on our phone the total – there's some game theory about the total number of points that will be scored in the game. That will be the tiebreaker in case, you know, you sweep and I get two and we end up tied. Whoever gets closest will win that. So we'll go with four props. Let's go.
1: Let's do it. All right, so you're up first.
0: Uh, all right, for my first pick in the Super Bowl Sunday six-pack, which will end up being an eight-pack, um, I'm going with – well, I'll just finish this off. I'll go with Sammy Watkins' longest reception over 17 and a half yards – I also played some over 36 and a half receiving yards. I like that up to 40. Um, I've already talked about Watkins. I think he's going to be healthy. It's a risk that he's not – that he's a decoy, that he, maybe he doesn't even play, but I'm assuming that he is. Plus, Demarcus Robinson, he's on the COVID list. Uh, for close contact, probably will play, but he hasn't been practicing this week. So add that in it as well. But when Watkins is healthy, it's clearly – their best number two he's had huge playoff games with kansas city longest catch over 17 and a half here's in his five playoff games i already talked about how great he's been he's averaging 100 yards in five catches here's his longest catches in all five of those games 30 50 38 60 and 48 cleared them with ease what if he's he would have went over his receiving yards total with just those longest catches in four of the five games um and uh like I said, I think that the Chiefs are going to be focused on taking away Hill and Kelsey. Uh, I think he can get behind the defense, as number two receivers have done against the Bucks all playoffs. Number two receivers have had a field day against Tampa in the playoffs. Uh, Valdez Scantling, four for 115 and a touch. Long, 50 yards. Uh, Traquan Smith, three for 85, two touchdowns. Long, 56. Uh, Sims. For Washington, seven for 104 and a touchdown, long 36. So everything lines up here. The only risk where I think you're getting a lot of value in a lot of the Watkins numbers is is, his health. We don't really know what we're going to get, but uh, I'll close out my Watkins love with uh, over
1: longest catch over 17 and a half yards. I think he will play. And I think that's kind of the way you beat the, the, uh, the bucks too. If you look at them um, and Warren Sharp actually broke this down in his write up, but you know, when you're looking at them, especially on, on second downs from like nine to 15 yard average depth of target, they're giving up, uh, you know, 9.1 yards per attempt, 16 to 29, they're giving up 15.5, 73% success rate. Their success rate on everything over a three yard pass in terms of average, you know, average depth is, you know, in the sixties and seventies, and then it's 35%, you know, near the line of scrimmage and, uh, 0% over 30 yards. So like that intermediate area, I think is where you're going to really do some damage because that front seven is so good if you just you know dump it off to to the running back or, or anything like that. So I, I do think Watkins will be used in that area. And that's, you know, generally um, you know, he's gonna be single covered if it in that we saw Alan Lazard, I think it was, also catch like a 50 yard bomb uh against the Bucks and uh last week in in, in addition to all that Valdez scantling So yeah I think Watkins definitely has some value. The only like you said, the only reason his his lines are higher is because of the uh, of the injuries. Andy, you had a cheeseburger in celebration of the uh, AFC championship game. Is that true? I did. Good one. Just one? Yeah, but it was thick. Uh, For my first pick and the second overall pick in the Super Bowl six-pack, I am going with under 45.5 rushing and receiving yards total. And uh, I like Williams unders for a couple of reasons. This is not the only one. But – Last week against the Bills, or two weeks ago, I should say, against the Bills, we saw Williams kind of quote be the closer uh, to close out the game. Uh, this week, I think, in this kind of game, I just don't think the Chiefs are going to run the football, even if they are in a situation late in the game where they're trying to close it out. I don't think that you're going to see uh, a, ton of, a ton of action for these backs. I think they'll continue to kind of throw it short and do some things and you look at that first matchup, even with the Chiefs going up 27 to 10 in the first matchup, we saw their running backs combined uh, get just 16 total carries and just three total catches. Now Williams missed that game, but uh, it was Edwards, aware and Le'Veon Bell. You had just uh, four, uh, 39 yards on 12 touches for Edwards, Eller, and then 24 yards on seven touches for bell now i think in a normal game edwards aware still sees more of the work i I think that that williams was kind of the game script last week so you'd kind of put uh you put williams into that Wavy on Bell role where again just five carries uh 22 yards two catches for 10 yards and you look at williams and he ran just 31 percent of the routes against buffalo compared to 49 percent for edwards aware and i think against this buck's run defense you know, Darrell Williams is kind of the grinder, the the between the tackles, downhill. Uh, you know, if you need a couple of yards, you go to Williams. I don't think they're gonna use him that much, even if when they do run the ball, because I think you're gonna wanna have some more uh of that Edward Delaire juice, maybe get on the edge, maybe make a guy miss. The same reason that you would kind of you kind of suggested stuck that you, you think you're gonna we're gonna see some uh some, some modified run games, some Tyreek Hill, some Hardman. That's the same reason I think you see more Edwards-Alaire than Williams in this game, even though you saw more Williams than Edwards-Alaire uh, in the first matchup. So uh, I like – there's another Williams prop I like as well, but first of all, I'm going under with the 45 and a half yards because I think rushing-wise you have Tampa Bay number one run defense uh, averaging – allowing well over four yards per carry, but you also have Williams not really running many uh, pass routes, and Tampa Bay has been efficient uh, in, stopping, in stopping those passes close to the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And you're going with another Williams prop yep. in this six-pack, right? So I'll save my thoughts for that. Um, when you mentioned that, for my second pick of the, the Super Bowl Sunday six-pack, I'm going with Scotty Miller, under 20.5 receiving yards. This number, by the way, you could find it at fourteen and a half, seventeen and a half, nineteen and a half, twenty and a half. Obviously really important. And it's obviously this bet is not for – the faint of heart. It could lose it on one play at any time. I also played some under one and a half heavily juiced receptions. I just think this number's too high, and the reason it is is because of recency bias. We've seen Scotty Moore with that long touchdown at the end of the first half, inexcusable by Green Bay's defense. I mean, I still am shocked by it, um, and he's had some good games in the postseason. But he's played in in 19 games this year, including the playoffs. He would have gone under 20 and a half, 11 of those 19 times. And that includes a number of games in Tampa didn't have its full arsenal of receivers. And I'm making the assumption here that Antonio Brown is going to play based on what I've read today. He was doubtful five days ago, but I think he's trending towards being able to play. Don't forget also about Tyler Johnson. For what it's worth, Miller had zero catches and one target on 11 snaps the first time these teams met. And that was from... Uh, in a game game script where Brady threw the ball 41 times and they were behind by three scores in the first quarter. There could be a scenario where the Bucks come out, they control the clock early, it's lower scoring, and Brady has a lot fewer pass attempts than he did in that first meeting, and Miller did nothing. Um, so I think that this is just way too high based on a couple recent postseason performances. And uh, if you go back and look at, The entire body of work, I think there's value in this number. Again, could lose on one play um, at any point in time, but I played Scotty Miller under 20 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I I would play the under 17 and a half and under 14 and a half smaller and definitely under one and a half catches.
1: Yeah, you know, the, a lot of times with these guys, I, I'll even I know people don't like to do it because the juice is higher, but uh, I, I would at least get like hedged a little bit with the one and a half catches because so Miller ran 20 routes last week. And yeah, he had that one big catch, you know, for the but outside of that he just had one other catch. And that's kind of been the story with him. It's, it's he's not going to be a high volume guy. Uh, if he's on, even if he's on the field and, you know, he ran 54% of the, the routes last week there, I think there is a good chance that Brown's back. So that, that likely decreases. So, um, yeah, I think Miller and, and just kind of goes into the theme of, I think some of these lower end guys, even, you know, with the bucks, you know, you know, you're not probably going to get overs with some of these guys on the, you know, like the fourth, fifth receiver. I think the, these are the guys to fade in moments like this. I think, you know, Tom Brady's going to, we saw how much he likes to go with Mike Evans, even maybe when he shouldn't. Uh, and uh, I think Godwin is going to be it, it's going to be a, a, a you know somewhat heavily targeted once again. Even though I think Kansas City can match up a little better uh, than than uh, than Green Bay. But yeah, I like I like uh, Scotty Miller and kind of all those those types uh, under in this game. Uh, yeah, I think there's a
0: good chance you hit both, and then yeah. but also if you play both, you're kind of hedged against just that one random long catch that he could have. Yeah, and also he's had a couple games where he's had like two catches for six yards just on, you know, if they're running the clock out late or just a quick hitch if Kansas City's blitzing. So you're kind of hedged against, you know, both of those scenarios where you can go one and one, but I think there's a good shot you have both.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, all right, for my second pick and the fourth overall pick of the six-pack, I am going with one or four net over three and a half receptions. Uh, you see it juiced up maybe 150 at some books. I think it's worth it. Uh, I have them projected at four and a half receptions. And I think that this number may be coming from using his season-long usage a little more heavily when setting the line. But if you look at the playoffs, in the three games, and granted, Ronald Jones didn't play in one of them. He had 0% routes run. But Fournette, 79% routes run per dropback in that game. Then 68-12 to 12 in the two games, in the Saints game. And then 65 for Fournette, routes run per dropback. 16% for Jones three percent for LaShawn McCoy last week. So Fournette has been sixty five percent or higher in each of the past uh, three games. And remember, he's he's the guy that they specifically said Arians like around mid season was like, Hey, Fournette is our passing game down back now. And that really hasn't changed. Uh, before that like we he had 7% th- 31, 37, 0% in terms of his routes run per dropback since that comment 56 64 59 39 51 43 44 31 40 79 68 65 so uh, he's been he's been a, a one of the th- kind of the most consistent uh pass catching threats for Tom Brady and they, they also I heard him talk about it on the telecast I didn't know this but they said that after, around the bye week uh, you know Brady kind of came to the Arians, and they got more of those running back outlet passes installed. And so uh, I think yeah, from you, the from his
0: from the New England playbook, basically,
1: right, right. And you know, and that's that's something that you, if you watch Tom Brady over the course of his career, you know that that's huge for him. Uh, you know, the, the the deep routes. It's not that he has a problem with arm strength or anything like that. It's just that he's such a smart quarterback that he instinctively knows sometimes before the ball is even snapped whether he's going to have to, you know kind of check out and go underneath or, or that re- receiver is going to be open downfield. And so that's why I think, uh, those are super, really important. And, you know, in the playoffs Fournette four catches against Washington, five against the saints, five against the Packers. He did have a couple of drops in, in a couple of those games, but he's gone over three, uh, in each of the playoff games, uh, didn't really do it much in the regular season. Only, uh, I think it was three times but I think that's this number is a little short because of that using that full season sample when it's obvious, like when they get into passing situations now, uh, he is going to be the guy and I think his receiving numbers are a little more safe than uh, his rushing numbers even because I think those are more game script dependent. And I know you're going to talk about a guy who you like who I think could cut into those rushing numbers. But uh, like, I don't think Fournette's necessarily. Like, he had 19, 17 and 12 uh, rushing attempts. I don't know if he gets there against Kansas City, even with their their shaky run defense. But if those go down. Uh, his routes will only go up. So, uh, yeah, like Fournette, over three and a half receptions. I would even play it at four at uh, – if you have, like, the you know, 110, 115 juice, nothing over that. But I, I have it at four and a half, so I think there's a good chance uh, that he gets two to five catches.
0: Yep, I agree. The old, And, look, we, we even talk about – I'll be on this as well. I, I'll have my write-up on my favorite props uh, while you're listening to this. I'll have that up on, uh, on Thursday or Friday. Yeah, and we haven't talked about the matchup. I mean, the Chiefs stay invited, and they – their linebackers aren't great in coverage. They also invite you to throw to running backs. I think they're good. Spagnuolo's going to bring the blitz. He likes to bring the blitz. He's going to blitz at times. The checkdowns, there's going to be times where Brady's going to chuck it down. Um, and I think the Chiefs were dead last in the NFL at defending running backs. It's one of the reasons why I was on Singletary, who I assumed would get 85% of the snaps and catch all the balls um, that he didn't end up catching. Um, but someone else did, and as long as Fournette doesn't like drop the first two, I, I think you'll be in good shape here. So I completely agree. I'm on this as well.
1: They are who we thought they were.
0: Um, all right, for my third pick of the Sunday six pack and fifth overall, you already alluded to it. I'm going with Ronald Jones over eight and a half rush attempts, it's, uh, minus 105 at BetMGM, official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Look, Leonard. It, this is again a recency bias, which is what I'm trying to play into. Leonard Fournette is getting all the love because he's had huge playoff games. He's averaging 100 yards from over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in the three playoff games that the Bucks have played. Playoff Lenny. Lenny. It's Leonard. Like I told you before.
1: Did you? I must have forgot.
0: Playoff Lenny. That's um, all everyone's talking about. So I think Ronald Jones is just not getting enough love in the market. And I think I've heard people say, like, in DFS, too, I don't really know much about it, but he's, like, priced at, like, 2000 it's, or yeah, something.
1: Yeah, he's, like, 2200 He's, like, the play. He's, like, I mean, he's been getting double-digit touches the last four games anyway. So, yeah, he's just a great play. Yep.
0: Despite the emergence and flash of Leonard Fournette during the playoffs, you said it, he had mm, – he missed the walk around due to injury. But he had 21 snaps in – The divisional round, they had 18 snaps in the conference championship round. He had at least 10 rush attempts in both games, 10 in one, 13 in the other. And this is, you know, we know a weak Chiefs run defense. I think that Tampa, there's a chance they come out here and they try and establish the run early on. We've seen that a couple times throughout the year, trying to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Regardless, look, he had nine carries in the regular season meeting with the Chiefs. And that game, they were down three scores in the first quarter. Like, they, that was from a, a complete come-from-behind script the entire time. Um, so, I think this line should be at 10-ish. And he's still getting the snaps. He's still getting his carries. He's not getting any of the receptions, which we alluded to, which is why I like Fournette over receptions. But I think this should be closer to 10. So, give me Jones over eight-and-a-half rush attempts.
1: Yeah, Jones. It's it's exactly true. It's just the what's happened with Fournette is kind of depressing his value. I think, and I, I think he's he's great only like not for just like carries, but just any kind of long shot prop. Just because you're getting the books are setting his odds essentially based on these you know eight and a half carries, right? So uh, you're seeing value just all over the board for Jones. So yeah, I I get like first uh,
0: touchdown. Yep, that's right. What said yeah, earlier.
1: yeah, and 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 really. You know, the Bucks like to run the ball on first down. So, you know, if, if they're going to continue to do that, like Jones is going to be a part of that, uh, I think, regardless. So I think the only way, the only way you, this probably doesn't come through is if there's just massive Chiefs, uh, you know, offense in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, they get the ball first. They go down, score a touchdown. Maybe Tampa Bay has like a three and out or a quick out. And then Kansas City gets up, like, big. Like, that's, that's the only way. But, I mean, generally you're seeing close, closer games. Uh, in the Super Bowl so uh, I think it's a good I think it's a good play and I think yeah Jones is undervalued throughout the market uh from- but he, he,
0: we saw we did see that in the first meeting the Chiefs went up 17 nothing right away and Jones still got nine carries yeah but um, that was
1: before um that was when Fournette was still like not the he wasn't getting like yeah
0: Fournette Fournette only had three but I, I'm just saying someone had nine carries <laughs> and that was a complete blowout from the very beginning which I don't think we're going to see as you said where are you going next
1: uh, so for my last one, I kind of alluded to this, but I'm going Daryl Williams under eight and a half carries as well. And uh, this is another one. It's a little bit tied to game script, but uh, if you look at what happened in chiefs bills, Daryl Williams had 13 carries for 52 yards. He cried out with the had six carries for seven yards. Now you look at that and say, Oh, Daryl Williams took over. He's the number one back. But so there are 19 running back carries. Darrell Williams, of his 13 carries, 11 were the last 11 running back carries of the game for Kansas City. So 10 of Williams' carries came in the fourth quarter when we know the game was already well out of hand. Now, could this game get well out of hand? Yeah, but um, we're talking about 38-15, the Chiefs were leading, and so Edward DeWare doesn't get another carry in that game. If you look at the first match between these two teams, the Chiefs got up big against the Bucs in that one, and Williams didn't play, but you had on Bell, and you had Edwards-Alaire 11 carries, Bell 5. I think you're still going to see Edwards-Alaire deeper into this game, even if the Chiefs get up big. But I also don't think they're likely to get, like, a 38-15 lead or anything like that. But I think you do – even if you're trying to run out the clock, I said it before and I'll say it again, I think you need Edwards-Alaire and his speed and his uh, tackle-breaking ability versus Williams' you know, straight north-south efficiency – uh, even when you're trying to run out the game where you're just going to go three and out because Williams is going to get two yards every time so, against this Bucks run defense, especially if it's in predictable run situations. So uh, I don't think that the Williams uh, volume from last week was predictive. You're, you're literally talking about a 20-plus point game that just got a little closer at the end. But uh, just remember that even in that game, Edwards-Alaire had 75% of the carries uh, going into the you know late, late third quarter with the Chiefs up. Uh, 20 uh, by 23 points. And then Darrell Williams gets a, the last 11 of the game to finish with 13 and, and double up Edwards. So I just, I think that's completely out of the realm uh, of the, you know, probably, you know, 95th percentile confidence outcomes in this one. So uh, give me Williams under eight and a half uh, carries. And uh, I think he could also go under the yardage to hedge it as well. Uh, because I think that uh, you, you, you're going to get some lack of efficiency here, too. But uh, I'm going with the volume, under eight and a half for Williams.
0: I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I completely agree with you. Um, I, I don't think – and look, those – the Bills and the Browns have much worse run defenses than Tampa. Number one in the NFL, DVOA, rush defense. It's hard to run them. I don't think the Chiefs are going to try to run much. I agree with you that Alaire's the better matchup back here instead of just trying to ram it up the middle – he also did have 13. And I, look, this is recency bias again, which I think is driving this market. He had 13 carries against the Browns as well, but I think seven of them came after Mahomes got hurt. And again, they were up big. They were running the clock out against a weak run defense. Uh, I, I think that look, it's this is a, a, a three point spread. I think it's going to be close. And I think Alaire matches up better. I don't think he's going to get much work at all early. I think they're going to run the ball other ways. If you look in the regular season, maybe Lev Bell gets some carries too. I, right, I yeah, that, that was like kind of
1: the wild card. I was going to say that, like, if Bell plays, like, I'm projecting Bell, like, if he plays to only get, a, like, a half a carry, and it's kind of like a 50-50 bet whether he does get carries. But, like, let's not forget that there's every possibility that Bell could be involved in this game. So you have, like, another kind of out there with, with Williams. Yeah, um,
0: but if you look during the regular season – he only had more than
1: eight and a half rush
0: attempts in three of the 16 regular season games. I think he actually did play in that Bucks game. He just, I think he played eight snaps in the backfield. And he did, I don't think he got a carry, though. There you go. And so this would have hit, what, 13 out of 16 times during the regular season. Uh, I completely agree with you here. Um, All right, for my fourth and final pick of the Sunday Super Bowl six-pack, eight-pack this week, I am going with let's go with a fun one here i'm going with under 11 and a half penalties i would play the smaller 10 and a half but i I really like it at 11 and a half look penalties were down across the nfl this year they were about 11 per game and i think it's down about one and a half to two per game it's been even more drastic during the playoffs where we usually see a reduction in flags overall officials don't want to just they don't want to and it's happened before but they generally will be a little more cautious to throw a flag. They don't want to, you know, change the outcome of a game, especially the Super Bowl. Historically, there's been about 10.3 penalties per game in the Super Bowl, if you look back historically. But this year, look, holding is down. You know, it's going to be quieter. You don't have to worry about the false starts and things like that. By the way, one thing to, to keep in mind, Tampa Bay was one of the most fortunate teams in NFL history on pass interference calls this year as far as for and against. Um, Now they throw the ball downfield a ton. The Chiefs were one of the least uh, fortunate this year. A lot of that is the Chiefs don't really throw jump balls. No, Mahomes is really throwing it into the tight windows. They're scheming guys wide open, but the Bucs were extremely fortunate when it comes to pass interference, net pass interference penalties. Carl Sheffers, who's the, who's the ref here. He does call slightly more penalties than average. Historically. He's been better the past couple of years. He's done a Super Bowl before. If you recall, Chiefs fans, I know you don't want to hear this. He called that hold in the steel, when the Steelers beat you by two. He called when you got the two point conversion. He called the hold. I think on Eric Fisher. Very controversial call. He's kind of calmed down the past couple of years. His crew is pretty flag heavy this year on in pass interference calls. He had like 14 that were either decline or offset, which is way more than the next crew. But again, this is a different crew. So you have a different back judge, different line judges. It's not the head official that's calling um, the pass interference calls. But I, I think that they'll be cautious here. And I think part of the reason why I made this bet is, look, this year, if you go based on the projected penalties, 11 in, in games, it would be about right because this is a higher total – well, you you probably project the total number of plays in this game to be like 160. That's including all special teams plays. Like there's probably going to be like, I, I don't know, 130, 135 plays, offensive plays, but then you have kickoffs, extra points, punts, all your non-offensive plays, um, which there could be, I don't know, 20, 25 of those in a game that is pretty high scoring. Um and, and the reason I bring those up is those aren't plays for offense, but the, you could have penalties on those on those plays. Um, and so you know the number, the fair number would be around eleven, eleven and a half. And if you go based on these two teams, they are at about eight penalties. The Chiefs are more penalized than the Bucks this year, but they, overall, if you look at their opponents and how much they've been penalized, it's about eight per hundred plays. So you're right around 11, 11. That's but if that's using the regular season numbers. If you look at the playoffs, it's been insane how few penalties they're calling. All right, so far this year in the postseason, average of 8.1 penalties per game in total, eight penalties per game. There's only been more than 11 and a half penalties called in one of the 12 playoff games. One, that's it. And what I think, and look, this is a guess. This is a complete guess. What I think is there is a kind of a, a mandate or suggestion from the league to kind of hold your flags. And I I'm going to, based on my eye test, the numbers show it. You watch that Packers Bucks game. If that was a regular season game, there are significantly more illegal contacts and pass interferences called throughout that game. We know holdings are down across the board on the offensive side. I don't think we have to worry too much about false starts. Um, so it's really like how many defensive penalties are we going to get? And I think the league has said, "Look, Swagier, well, now I could be wrong, and they could come out and they could call everything." And the fun thing is, if we lose this prop bet, we can yell and scream about how much we hate officials. Um, but using past playoff projections, this year's playoff numbers so far, and just a narrative, and sometimes I bet props based on the narrative alone. I'm going to take a shot in 11, under 11 and a half at, at MGM. I prefer this to the yardage. I think the yardage – I swear I saw 100 yards in my dream. If it was 100 and <laughs> something, um, I don't know, sometimes a dream of props, I guess, Super Bowl props, I would play under 100 yards. But I think the, the number that you see out there is like 80, 80 and a half. Um, average penalty yards in Super Bowl history is like 85. Um, I think that's a pretty fair number. For this game. Now, I think there's going to be fewer penalties. But remember, these two teams throw it downfield a lot. And pass interference calls, you could have one pass interference call for 45 yards, and then you're in trouble. So um, I prefer the under 11 and a half penalties to the under penalty yardage.
1: Yeah, that's generally the way to it go. It's kind of it kind of goes back to like the you know it's a little different with the receivers because a lot of times if they're not getting usage they're not going to get over their yards. But yeah, it just kind of protects you from the fact that like you know you can have like one or two penalties kind of throw you over the yardage. Whereas uh, you know just not having a ton of penalties is going to only um, you know it's going to keep that number down. So yeah, I like the I like the under I mean, I think you had you're getting at eleven and a half. Like I've seen the number at ten and a half, and I would still go under. Uh, there, So, yeah, I like that one, too. Yeah, bad bet, bet MGM under 11 and a half. And look, I think that has been an error from the league. And especially it's like, hey, Brady
0: versus Mahomes, let's let them decide it. Maybe this is the kind of the suggestion from the league. If you look at a lot of things like this in sports, in the biggest leagues, NHL game seven unders, especially like in the Stanley Cup, but just in general, plus unders historically are really great. And the primary reason, you know, teams play a little tight early at times. They don't want to make a mistake in such a big game. But penalties, the penalty minutes are statistically significantly lower than they all are in all the games. And that's because you just it's human nature. You don't want to just make the call and be incorrect. So you say, all right, I'm just going to let that go. I'm going to let it go. And you let a few more things go. So that's the human nature element. And if there's been a suggestion to the league, um, I think this is a good shot of hitting.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, for my last one, I'll go with the, I'll go with the team one as well. Uh, I'll go Chiefs over 22 and a half first downs. Um, and I think the reason this is, like, I think this should be, I would go over 23 and a half as well. But you look at the Bucks, and because the Bucks play such a good run defense, uh, they have held a bunch of teams that can't throw the ball to minuscule first down numbers. I mean, at one point this season, uh, they went on a streak where they didn't even allow 20 first downs between week three and week number Seven. It, they played five games. It was 13, 15, 18, 13, 19. But uh, the Chiefs have gotten over this number in all but five games. And uh, you look at the last eight games for the Bucks, and they've given up at least 23 first downs in uh, six of those eight. And even the Packers last week, you know, they, they, they got to 23, and, and, the, and Washington got to 23 uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I think when you're playing a team like Kansas City, which again, Mahomes had 460-plus yards, uh, on 37-49 passing in the first matchup, Kansas City gets 26 first downs. Uh, I think that that's, that's what is going to kind of take you out of that normal uh, projection for the Bucs. It's that against, yeah, like 20 – like against like half or even two-thirds of the league offense, you're not going to be able to pass on this team, especially getting in third and, you know, third and medium, third and long uh, after they're shutting down your run game. But the Chiefs, whole different – beast, I think, on offense. So, yeah, going over 22 and a half first downs uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Like it, which is good. We'll either have a really good... <laughs>
1: right, or a really or a bad, bad one. one. Yeah, Stuck, and I think this is a good uh, time for the pep talk. Today's pep talk comes to us from Al Pacino in the 1992 film *Glengarry Glen Ross. And I uh, think we should dedicate it to the officials.
0: I think so. Perfect fit. Don't mess us up. Just let the players play.
1: You stupid fucking... C- Now, I'm talking to you, shithead. You just cost me $6,000. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, asshole? Where did you learn your trade, you idiot? What you're hired for is to help us. To help men who are going out there to try to earn a living. Does that seem clear to you? To help us, not to fuck us up. All right, that is going to do it, and... Remember, we have a couple of live shows coming up on uh, this week for the Super Bowl. So be sure to check out the Action Network HQ Twitter handle. Uh, We'll have all our content up as well. We'll be writing up uh, what we're betting on. You can, uh, of course, go to the Action Network app and follow all of our picks there. Stucky's at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon, And you can find us on Twitter at those same handles. Let's get this money for the Super Bowl. Good luck out there. Let's have a day.